1: For many parents of newborns, the decision of which diaper to use is often cast as an either-or proposition, disposable or cloth. But what if I told you there was a third choice, one that nearly half the world uses? For Western cultures, this process of mostly diaper-free infancy has been given the name elimination communication, and it starts the process of teaching your kids to use the toilet from the time they are born. I'm Elizabeth Stevens, and today we're talking all about elimination communication,
2: Welcome, everybody, to Parent Savers. Once again, we're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego, such a lovely place. Thanks so much to them for letting us use it. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on the go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all our loyal listeners who joined the Parent Savers Club. Our subscribers get all our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. So you can also subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for free for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. It's free to download, and then every week when a new episode is published, you will get notifications. You can also download Boob Group app as well as a Preggy Pals app. I think you guys all know by now, but my name's is and I have three boys, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Uh, And so I'm also joined here in the studio by a couple of other panelists.
0: Hey, everyone. I'm Sunny Galt, and I am the host of Parent Saver's sister show, Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy. I am pregnant right now with our third. We don't know where we're having yet. We're due in December. And I also have two little boys at home, an almost three-year-old and a little boy that just turned one. So it's going to be a full house.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Lori, Lori Babb, and I am a mother of two boys, two and a half and five, and I'm also a small business owner in San Diego.
2: That's great. Well, we, as a, from the panelist's perspective, we've got the boys covered.
3: Um, <laughs> yes, we
1: But do. Elizabeth, how about you? What? Um, I'm the mother of four children. I have a son who's 16, and then I have three girls that are nine, seven, and six, and they're 18 months apart. Wow. Um, you were busy for a while. I was very busy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, probably still are. Yeah, She still is, it's
2: just different kind of <laughs> yeah, busy, right? right? Yeah,
1: right. Yeah.
2: Here's a question from one of our listeners. Hattie from New Mexico asks us, Hi, I'm a first-time mom with a one-week-old newborn. Is it possible for an infant this young to develop diaper rash? Even if I use ointment with every change to prevent diaper rash, what should I do if my daughter continues to get diaper rash?
4: Hello, Hattie. This is Dr. Tara Zanvleet. Yes, it is definitely possible uh, for your newborn to have a diaper rash in the first week. It's often the time to get the most diaper rashes. Their newborn skin is super sensitive and everything from the diaper, the cream, the wipes, and even their own urine can irritate the skin to the point of seeming like a burn. As they get older, their skin becomes much less sensitive and diaper rash happens less often. So keep the skin clean and dry. Change the diaper often and don't rub a lot with those wipes. It's hard with the thick black meconium at the beginning, but by now it should be easy to gently wipe off the um, stool. Consider using just a soft cloth with water instead of a wipe or use hypoallergenic wipes with aloe. You can use aloe creams, zinc creams like Desitin, or vitamin creams like A&D. They all help as a barrier between the wetness and the skin. If you use a zinc cream, use the original ones, not the creamies. One favorite where I trained was called Happy Heine, which was a mixture of a zinc cream, an antifungal woman's vaginal cream like Monistat, And Cortade anti-itch cream, which was hydrocortisone 1%, and it was the ointment, not the cream. And we mixed that up in equal parts and put it on at each diaper change, and it worked like a charm. If you continue having problems, then consider changing the diaper brand, even if they're cloth. I hope that helps. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: Today's topic is elimination communication, and it's one that many of our listeners have requested. We actually had a specific request from a listener come through to our hotline.
0: Yeah, actually, Anne from Charlotte, North Carolina, gave us a call, and she left this message.
4: Hi there. Uh, This is Anne Banks calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I am a dedicated listener to all of your different segments, the Preggy Pals, the Boob Group, and Parent Savers. I love the episodes that you guys have. I wanted to see um, if you guys could do an episode on any of your segments on elimination communication, um, also known as natural infant hygiene or infant potty training. Um, This has kind of come into my purview recently, and it has been a really interesting journey for myself and my five-and-a-half-month-old. Just kind of wanted to get the word out and also read a little bit more about it and hear a little bit more about it. So anyway, I hope you have a great day and thanks for listening to my message. Okay,
0: bye. Well, thank you, Anne. I love hearing listeners when they call because, you know, sometimes we get emails and stuff like that. But I love that you called, Anne. That's fantastic. Thank you.
2: We've also seen a couple tweets about it, too. And I know in just talking to some people at, like, uh, the natural Baby Fair are around, it's something that a lot of people have asked me about. So I'm really excited um, to be joined by Elizabeth Stevens, who is a mom of four. And she's gone through this with uh, at least some of her kids, if not all of them. So, so welcome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I've uh, gone through it with at least three of them. <laughs> well, well. so let's start.
2: What's it? What is elimination communication?
1: Uh, elimination communication is just basically um, from the time your children are little, taking them to the appropriate place to potty instead of waiting until they're older or old enough or whatever that means to traditionally potty train them.
2: Right. So certainly everything that, you know, that I feel like I've learned or experienced as a dad is, oh yeah, kids aren't even ready for that until they're three or four years old right so it, it this is a fascinating idea and one that I think um is met with like some fears of like oh my gosh what a mess it's gonna make but <laughs> <laughs> what a mess what a headache
1: it's gonna take more time you're right. gonna be swimming in poop and pee <laughs> so but tell no. me about your experience in- um well I found out about it originally my daughter was six weeks old and my son I didn't have any clue about it Yeah, I was about 19 when I had my son and I just did what you know you find pamphlets from the doctor's office and they say this is what's appropriate for this age and you know I had no idea but what I did do with my son is I used to stick him on the toilet on the little potty insert Mm -hmm. because I didn't want him to be afraid of the toilet and I thought I heard all these things about well you know when you start potty training they might be afraid of the toilet so I thought well I'll just stick him on there so he's comfortable with it and that way he won't ever be afraid of the toilet I won't have that issue. But I didn't luck into catching any pee ever with him, so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, I learned about elimination communication. Um, I was online, probably a parenting website or something like that. Somebody was talking about, oh yeah, you can potty them from birth, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. So I looked, I googled, searched, and I looked at everything I could find about it. And at that point, my daughter's about nine. There weren't all that many websites, but I did find right. one. Um, and Lori Bouquet writes a book, and she had a website up, and so I I looked at hers, and I read everything that I could. Then the very next day, I went out to Babies R Us, and I bought a Baby Bjorn little potty, and I said, okay, this is the day. I'm going to try it. So I waited until first thing in the morning, and I decided I was going to put out a big mat, and I was going to leave her. She was six weeks old, so I figured I'd put a pad underneath, and I was going to leave her naked and just observe her and see if she had any sort of signs that she needed to go. So I put her out on a, I took a vinyl tablecloth so that the carpet was protected. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I put a baby diaper underneath her, just a cloth diaper. And I waited and I watched and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try. So I put her on the potty and I said, I cued her to go, which is, psss, that's the sound that I used. And I said, go potty. And then she peed. And How I was old like, she? oh my gosh, six weeks, six weeks old. I held her up on my chest and I held underneath of her legs and I just held her on top of the potty and I cued her to go and she went. And I was amazed. I was like, no way did she just do that. <laughs> right. That didn't That's really amazing, just happen. Right? I, I seriously called everybody I knew. I can't believe <laughs> She just peed in the potty. Right. If
2: Facebook had been around. <laughs> right, Oh, right. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so then I'm like, all right, well, so I put her back down. And I'm like, great, she's she's gone potty. She'll probably have to go again within the next hour, I'd say. But I didn't know how long they could hold it at that point. Because you don't really, you know, you change yeah. the diaper. You check them. But, oh, yep, sure enough, it's wet again. But I have no idea. So I wait and I wait. And. About 30 minutes passes, and I'm like, you know, she's probably, there's no way she can hold it. 30 minutes? That's a long time for a six-week-old. So she didn't have any other signs or cues or anything, and then about another 15 minutes pass, so we're 45 minutes down, and I've got a little piece of paper, and I'm writing, taking notes Mm because I'm observing. And all of a sudden, she starts squirming around on the, you know, she's laying on her back, and she's squirming, and I'm like, oh, dear, she must have to go. So I pick her up, I put her on the potty, I cue her to go, and she goes again. So, all day we did this. She went about every 45 minutes to 60 minutes. And she went about... I caught the first 13 peas. We didn't miss any all day long. It was like, wow.
2: That's crazy. It yeah, was really... It is.
1: <laughs> not like in a bad way. Like, yeah, no, 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 it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. fascinating. Wow. Yeah. So, that was my very first day. And after that, I was hooked. It was like, wow, this is amazing. And she, she... She knows how to go, and we're communicating, and wow.
3: <laughs> so this was your second child? This was my second child. Yeah, so my how first did, daughter. How would how did you find the experience different from then? Like From, from your my first, son? Yeah, so who was more traditional. With potty my training.
1: son, when I w- decided that he was finally ready, and I don't know why I decided he was finally ready, I thought maybe, you know, he's two, he can walk around, he can get to the toilet, I guess he's ready to potty train. You put him on the toilet and he didn't know. He's like, okay, I'm sitting here. This is fun. Just like before when I was introducing him to the toilet so he wouldn't be afraid. But he had no idea what the expectation was. Okay, we're sitting on the toilet. Do I get to brush my teeth now? What do you want me to do? Oh, look, I'll drink that water. And so he would play with the toilet paper roll and he'd want to flush the toilet. But he had no idea that, you know, you were supposed to eliminate in the toilet. And so... The only way that I could figure out how to teach him that was to put him in underwear and then let him have an accident and say, oh, look, you peed yourself. Let's go to the potty. And so it took a while to get the connection that, oh, okay, I'm going pee. I've got to do this in the potty. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a lot different as opposed to. Yeah, it was like an unlearning experience almost. Right. Exactly. Mm hmm.
0: So how do other cultures, how do they potty train? I mean, is it a like elimination communication?
1: Um, it's. I can't speak to too many other cultures. I have been to India, and I did see a lot of um, the the mothers, they tend to wear their babies or carry them. Right. And so you would see them just holding them off to the side, and they, they would just pee and then go about <laughs> where their where business. Goes? Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. And so, I mean, like I said, I don't have too much other experience, but I have yeah. read um, I- in quite a few books that – um, tribes that carry around their babies or mothers that are with them all the time. You would think third world countries because they don't have money to buy diapers and right. that kind of thing. Um, it just starts from birth and they they would sit them on the edge of their feet and they would cue them to go or give them some sort of a, right. "This is you're going to go potty now, and they would go. And so that's traditionally how... At least, from my understanding.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, it's not something that I've thought about a lot, but as I was mm-hmm. researching this topic and looking into more, that yeah, the the majority of the world doesn't use diapers, mm-hmm. right? And so they're they've got their <laughs> their babies are learning how to go to the bathroom. I mean, whether it's on a toilet or in the middle of the street, they're still you know under control. And it's such a foreign idea to our American or Western culture. Diapers seem like a given. Like, there's not the choice is cloth. Disposable. It's not right. Mm-hmm. It's something else.
1: You might have five different disposable types, and yeah. now there's a umpteen amount of cloth types right. also. But right, yeah. And people used to think, oh, cloth diapers. We're going to use pins, and I'm scared to poke my baby, and I don't want to <laughs> use cloth. So then it was like, okay, just disposables. We're going that route, but the disposables fill up the landfill. They've got chemicals in them, and in order to be more absorbent, and a lot of times the babies, you know, they get rashes because their body doesn't tolerate the chemicals that are actually in the diapers. So parents are trying all these different brands and they have no idea that it's an option to not use them.
2: So, so does so does elimination communication mean no diapers at all? Or are there times when you do use diapers?
1: It doesn't. There are times when you do use diapers and it's not an all or, or nothing <laughs> yeah, proposition. <laughs> proposition. Um, it's an evolution also because as I got more experience with pottying my first daughter mm-hmm. and then I had my next one, it was like you go through this shift of well you know if I can be more present then there's no problem with reading their signs or communicating with them but when you're distracted and you're wanting to type on the computer and you're trying to get work done and you got to do this and what am I cooking for dinner (laughs) all of a sudden you've missed a pee because you're not able to pay attention
3: and so I tried a little bit with when well mostly probably my first son um And yeah, that was my experience because I was really busy and I loved the idea of it, but it was just like, if I missed one, you know, it was just all over, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so
1: yeah, the, uh, so I started originally with cloth diapers and um, there's a number of different kinds of cloth diapers, but I started with the kind that are waterproof and so you would be protected completely and you wouldn't know if they peed unless you had actually checked the diaper and it was wet. But um, eventually I shifted from cloth that was uh, waterproof cover to cloth that was more absorbent than say just a regular underwear so think like an extra pad in there to absorb the pee so it wouldn't go everywhere but you could feel it immediately if they were wet or see it in their pants and then eventually I and it was hard to find small panties (laughs) (laughs) but uh, eventually I evolved to just getting panties for them and my third daughter she was in panties from the time she was about four months on wow
3: yeah whoa (laughs) and so
1: I did find and I used to at first I would use pull-ups um as a backup if I was going out and then I used a waterproof seat cover for the car seat because you know when you're traveling in the car (laughs) and they're in the car seat you're like oh I don't want to mess in the car seat that's a pain in the behind to clean you gotta strip it all out and so um eventually though Uh, I would keep a potty in the car. I had the Baby Bjorn potties were only $10 at that point. I don't know what they run now, but they can't be more than $20. And I would keep a potty in the car. Each car had one. We had like multiple potties in the house. And then that way, whenever they had to go, there was a potty close by. And then eventually we worked towards getting them to the toilet in time. But that, you know,
3: after they're more mobile and whatnot. Were you always with them or did you have other people helping you?
1: Uh, I was always with him. And my partner did help um, a lot of times. And that was something that he found that was great because he was like, oh, I can help because he, I breastfed. And so he's like, well, I can't feed her. What am I going to do? But he could potty her and he would hold her on the potty and they would have all sorts of, you know, fun time talking and babbling and everything else. So that was another way that they could connect, which was great.
0: You know, I, th- I feel like this makes so much sense on so many levels because we know our kids don't like to have waste on them, right? The moment they pee or poo mm-hmm. or whatever, they want it off. They'll cry, usually, whatever. And so it just makes sense that... Um, That natural tendency to cry because we don't want it on us would lead to not just, you know, um, going in a diaper, but wanting to get as far away from you as possible. And so, uh, you know, I I just I just think that sometimes we like they come with an innate feeling or you know tendency to want to do something and sometimes I I feel like we put these things these barriers in front of them and we're actually teaching them or unteaching them something that's innate to later try to teach them what they already knew right (laughs) I I feel like this
2: is this is fascinating as as (laughs) I expected and yeah it's uh let's let's pick up the conversation after the break I've got a ton more questions thanks so much for explaining this and yeah I've got a ton more questions All right, welcome back everyone. Today we are talking about elimination communication with Elizabeth Stevens, a mom of 4 who with her last uh, her last three her how would you say that? Her her, her most recent Yeah, her three. most recent kids, her most <laughs> recent three um practiced elimination communication and it worked and it's really, really interesting. So we've talked a little bit about it in the first segment, but let's kind of crystallize, I guess, some of the benefits of elimination communication, either what you see or, you know, generally speaking.
1: Sure. Some of the benefits are that, um, well, one, you don't have to untrain them to, you know, I've right. seen many kids that were bigger that would hide in a corner because they had to go poop or yeah. even I've potty trained traditionally because I ran a daycare. So I did a lot of I've worked with a lot of babies and preschool age and toddlers and they would actually be in underwear and be fine. But if they had to have a bowel movement, they would request having the diaper because yeah. they were not comfortable enough mm-hmm. not having it. And that's, that's where that they what were they were used to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's also that you don't have to unlearn something you know right um the other thing is that you it just fosters a connection that you're going to respond to their needs you respond to them when they're hungry when they're crying you know when they're tired and so why not respond when they have to go to the bathroom too so that's a
2: yeah and I thought it was really interesting how you mentioned how your husband felt this was something that he could do right and take ownership of you know it's something that did your old, did the older brother participate as well?
1: He did, actually. Everyone participated. And another benefit was that um, my daughter was basically able to sit up all on her own at about four months of age, which is uh, typically they're about six months, give or take a yeah. few weeks when they can sit on their own. But because she had been sitting up and had a lot of practice, apparently her core muscles were strong enough and she could actually sit on the potty by herself oh. at four oh, wow. months. Well, yeah. So that was a benefit, too.
2: <laughs> so how do how do nights work then? Like-
1: so uh, like we said before, it's not an all or nothing proposition. Some people choose to completely ignore night times because they need their sleep or whatever. Sometimes the baby's not really going to allow you to ignore night times. <laughs> but most of the time when they're sleeping, especially at night, Um, I'm not sure that if the body chemicals change or how it exactly works when we're sleeping, but they don't have to go and they can hold it for a good six to seven hours, even when they're, Mm. even when they're super tiny. Yeah. And so they sleep and they sleep. And then when they start to stir or cry, it's usually because they're hungry. And the first thing you do is offer them the potty. And then and then you feed them. And then you feed them. Yeah. And now sometimes they get really angry because they're like, "I don't want a potty. I want to eat." Yeah. And so what I would do is I had a potty bowl, and um, you can probably put those on your website or a link to a picture of the potty bowl. But mm-hmm. it looks like a top hat, basically. And so I would ha- have the baby in my arms on, on my breast to feed, and yeah. I would put the potty bowl underneath their bottom. So no pants. On. So no, no pants. So you take no, off the bottoms no no exactly. Right. And then. Um, as soon as they got you know a few swallows in
2: they would usually go. they would
1: pop off the breast and i don't know if you have a lot of your listeners have experience with breastfeeding but the a lot of times the baby will will latch on and then they will pop off and they'll latch on and they'll pop off and you're like what is going on it's typically because they have to pee yeah and so that's another sign that that they have to go to potty but so that was what i would do um for nighttime or
3: you know first thing in the morning so you're talking about teaching them when they're very, very young. So is it ever too late to start?
1: That's a really good
3: question. So
1: um, what I've witnessed is that basically before the age of four months, you're pretty good um, as far as if you started at any point before then. Three to four months, they start to do other things and they start to roll over. And so their attention changes. And I think that when they're working on learning new skills, it's like potty takes a backseat. So even from birth, if you've pottied them and then all of a sudden they start to learn how to roll over, it's like, okay, we got the potty thing down. We're going to work on rolling over. We're going to work on this new trick of reaching and grabbing something. And so what happens if you've never pottied them and then you're like at six months old, I just found out about this and I want to try this. Well, you've got a six month old baby who wants to roll all around and wants to play and they are not interested in sitting still and then it becomes a little more difficult not that you
3: can't do it but it wouldn't be starting um you know with a newborn and did you also notice though that the ones that you started very young that there was a certain point which maybe they they were distracted to and maybe it was a little harder for them to do the elimination sure definitely okay yeah yeah, they don't always want to go Right, and
1: even when you get
3: bigger kids
1: you know you're like come on let's go potty they're like no we're playing Yeah, or, or they'll be right. so into playing and you're like they're usually really good about going to the bathroom but they're so into what they're doing and they don't want to stop they pee their pants and okay. you're like what happened right yeah yeah, that happens even with babies like okay. Benny Seed
0: are there certain babies that this just won't work for? I mean, certain types of babies, or maybe babies with challenges, or anything like that?
1: You know, I've never run across any that it hasn't worked for, and I've potted a lot of other people's babies. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing I might say is that sometimes the babies don't like the potty because it's cold and mm-hmm. that gets them really aggravated. <laughs> right. So I understand you can, um, <laughs> since I started, they, people have made, uh, they call them potty turtlenecks or potty covers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a fleece. Hopefully they're washable. Yeah, they are washable. It's a, f- it's a piece of fleece that goes over the potty. And then that way when you sit them on it, they're not touching the cold plastic. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other thing that I tried when... Uh, there was a little boy who specifically just arched his back, did not want to sit on the potty whatsoever. Uh, so we I would just hold him over the sink. Yeah. And that was the way that we worked around that. And then eventually... He worked through whatever that deal was. (laughs) He would sit on the potty.
0: What is scary? I mean, if you think about it, your kids are small. I mean, especially when we're talking about babies. But even just regular potty training, like, they could fall in. Yeah. I mean, I'd be scared, too.
2: Well, I feel like we've talked a lot about pee. What about the poop? (laughs) The
1: poop. Right? So that's the big question. And that is the number one reason why elimination of communication is really awesome because, you can miss peas. It's not a big deal. You wipe it up. You clean it up. But with poops, if you miss the poop, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's a big, giant mess. The thing about it is that it's a lot easier for a baby to hold the poop in and say, oh, my gosh, I got a poop. I got a poop. What, what, what yeah. What's going to happen? <laughs> we got to get to a toilet quickly. And um, it's so... Uh, they're so good at communicating that they have to go poop and I think that it's a lot easier for them to hold it in
3: yeah. that it,
1: if you've used it from birth, you'll have very few poop accidents, really very few. It's usually the accidents you get with poop are because they've got diarrhea and they couldn't hold it and they had no idea it snuck up on them kind of thing. Yeah, But for the most part, and that's the thing is that... When you practice this, most people are like, wow, it's so great because I don't ever miss a poop. I mean, I might miss peas, but we get the poops all the time. And plus, if the the baby is regular, you're like, okay, well, they poop every morning. No big deal. You know, we're mm-hmm. pooping every morning. Or
2: Is there a poop sound that you make? Because you said No. It, the, it, it's it's, the, all same it's the same cue. We yeah, <laughs> don't. Same cue? Yeah.
1: We don't cue any different. But sometimes I, I will say, go poop or, you know, let's yeah. right. go poop because, you know, they're working on it. And another thing is that. When they're really small babies, you can feel them straining when they're trying to poop. And so you can hold on to their belly and, yeah. and kind of give just a little firm push. And then that kind of helps them also. And the position that you put them in when you're holding their legs up, it, it's actually more natural to squat when you poop as opposed to sit on the toilet like we do. <laughs> in India, they actually have like basically holes. The toilets are a hole. And then there's a place that you put your feet on either side. And so you squat to go to the restroom. But that... Um, uh, biologically is more appropriate for our bodies. So it's it's a wonder that people get constipated here in the states because I got to squat on squatting the toilet far right. enough. <laughs> You're not squatting far <laughs> enough, exactly. Well.
0: Um I was just curious, um do you find cuz I I know you've got a lot of experience potty training kids even if they didn't start out doing EC. Um do you find that there's a difference between boys and girls as far as EC is concerned and their ability to do it or how fast they pick up on it?
1: Um I, I didn't really, if you've worked with them, I didn't really find any difference between the boys or the girls, other than when they get older, the boys seem to be more into what they're doing and not wanting to stop to go to the restroom, where the girls are like, okay, they're easier to convince, let's go give it well, a try. they don't want to get it all over. The girls are like... Yeah. And so the boys... <laughs> I The boys <laughs> I've dealt with are more like, eh, we're, we want to play, we want to play, we want to play, we don't want to go potty. But the girls are more apt to, to be convinced really easily, Yeah, <laughs> where boys, I think... Could be a little more challenging as far as that goes, but beyond that, there's really no no different. Uh, I guess there's a learning curve when you're pottying boys because, you know, when they start to pee and it shoots with different directions. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You kind of kind of you have to put your finger on top of their penis so that it yeah. points down. Right. Because sometimes it'll just shoot right up and then you've right. got pee everywhere. And you're yes. like,
2: Whoo. Yeah. Well, and I'm realizing as we're talking, there's so much focus on the elimination part of it when you hear this yeah but you're really talking about you're communicating yeah with these babies that are you know young i mean we we talked to joanne woolley from sign for baby about you know the breakthrough of being able to use sign language to talk to kids but this is community your babies are communicating to you at a very mm-hmm. young age
1: sure they are communicating i mean they communicate from the time they're born they start crying because they're uncomfortable you know they're in this world like all of a sudden the temperature's changed you know <laughs> They they're hungry, they've got this feeling of hunger, now they're crying, you know, they want comfort. They've they've started communicating right away. It just takes us a little while to figure out what they're trying to communicate and how they're right. trying to
3: communicate. The, right.
2: the communication's working, I guess. Exactly. Is, is the trick.
3: So what if you're driving in traffic and like, Uh, do you do a diaper just prophylactic when you get in the car seat or something or Uh, well, (laughs) what I typically did was if I
1: had to go somewhere, I would offer them the chance to go to the restroom and then I would communicate, you know, this is your chance to go potty. We're going to have to drive here and it's going to take us a little while. And um, so most of the time they would at least give it a try and sometimes they'd get you know one or two drops literally they'd squeeze out one or two (laughs) drops of pee and that was it and then we'd get in the car and we'd go and We're not mostly going more than an hour to drive anywhere anyways, so I just kept the potty in the car. And then as soon as we stopped, like I'd go to the grocery store and I'd get out and I'd put the potty. I had a Durango at the time, so I'd put the potty in the back. I'd open the lid and (laughs) I'd give them the chance to go again. And then usually we'd have to find a tree or somewhere to dump the the (laughs) pee when they would go. But um, for the most part, Um, they also have like a plastic bag, like a portable potty that has a plastic bag in it that you can... Um, have them sit on. And then if they do poop, then you just tie it up and throw it away in a trash can. So you're not dealing with having to clean out a poopy, nasty mess. (laughs) Um, But I did actually run into an issue where we were on the freeway and my friend was traveling with me. So we had um, three girls in the car. They were all under the age of two and the nine month old had signed the potty sign, which is um, the ASL sign for tea. And then you shake it, it's toilet And so she signed potty and she's grunting and grunting. And we're like, we're trying, you know, (laughs) wait, don't go now. And we knew she had to go and, and so we kept saying, okay, we're going to pull over as soon as we get to the next exit. And she's nine months old, mind you. So you're like, do they really understand? Yeah. They, you know. And she held it and we pulled over and it took us another couple miles, but we pulled over onto the side of the road. <laughs> it was actually um, off the 15 and it was like a little trucker's, Alpha Gopher Canyon Road. There's like a trucker stop. We pulled over there. I got out. We got her on the potty and then she. Pooped and it was like the best thing ever. She was so smiley. She was so happy. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. Yeah.
1: Hallelujah. Yeah, and so so there are times like that where you know she's got to poop, and it's like okay, we're gonna make the effort to pull over off the side of the road because y- you know she's got to poop. I mean, how would you feel if you had to poop and somebody wouldn't stop for you to go, and you're like, hey, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> so we try our best not to ignore them, but there's sometimes where you know you gotta. what you got to do and I I just say you know what I'm sorry I can't pull over right now or we can't stop I'm really sorry if you can't hold it it's okay we'll clean you up right away as soon as we can stop Mm -hmm. and that's it so it's just about being respectful you know to their little beings
2: well and it just seems like so much of this is about being present and really tuning in to the baby and it's sad that my mind goes to how hard that is for I know, you know, me personally a little bit, I'll admit or for other parents that, you know, it's easy to get distracted by other kids or other things sure. that you're thinking about. Or if you're, you know, if there's something else going on, right. but it is all about being present and being there and tuning into your kid. And that's really what it's all about.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
2: Definitely. All right. Well, that was fascinating. If our listeners have any more questions or thoughts about illumination communication, by all means, leave us a comment. Get in touch with us. Call our hotline. Elizabeth, I learned so much today. This was such an interesting topic. We're actually going to continue the conversation um, for a little bit for our members of our Parent Savers Club after the show. Elizabeth uh, is going to tell us a little more about some good resources online that we can talk to you about. Uh, that you can find more information about elimination communication. Uh, f- so for more information about that and the Parent Savers Club, visit our website, parentsavers.com.
4: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Now we have a listener comment from Rose. Rose writes, Hey, Parent Savers, I really enjoyed listening to your episode on only children. I'm actually a fraternal twin, and I also have two older brothers, so our home was always a busy place to be. It was great hearing from the perspective of your panelists who are only children on why they would or wouldn't choose to have an only child. We're currently pregnant with our first child and we haven't decided if we're going to have a second. I'm sure things will work out either way. That wraps up the show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we're going to be talking about baby eczema. It's something that I know that we went through with our third kid and yeah, I wonder if it's related to any potty issues.
0: <laughs> Perhaps I guess it depends on where it is on exactly. the body, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: This is Parent Savers empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: Laundry? Ooh, a book club.